podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Standing on a corner and a white godfather hat. He drives a long black gangster Cadillac. He can steal a bra's mind, man, three or four minutes. It's not how long you talk, bro. It's what you put in it. Look out! Good evening, everyone. It is the Tuesday Club. It is the Day Trippers brought to you by Reds Bet. Um, um, in the aftermath of Liverpool's final preseason uh, friendly against Torino, 3 1 win. Um, plenty of positives to take out of it, despite my own reservations about playing a game. So, uh, so the West Ham game on Sunday. Um, tonight, we've got, um, we've got Gav, late substitution for Phil. How are you going, Gav? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. How are you? Yeah, good, good. We've got Jamie making up the other half of the uh, duo. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm good, thanks, mate. Good, good. And we've got Andy Young in his sparkling new gaff because of the reflections in that window behind you. How are you doing, Andy? (laughs) Yeah, good, good. Good, good. Right, so we'll crack on with a review of tonight's game first off. Um, a pretty handy 3-1 win, never looked in any danger, never looked like any other result than a Liverpool win. Um, so we'll start from the beginning, lads. Um, how did you feel, Jim, about that start in 11? Personally, I thought it wasn't anywhere, probably about 70% of the starters there for Sunday, but it wasn't an exact start in 11, was it, compared to what we're going to get on Sunday, would you say? No, pro- probably not, mate. I think... Um... I think Klopp's got a good idea of, of who that eleven will be, and it's just a case of, of making sure that the squad um, across the board have, have all got the minutes needed to get them up to, to the level that, that that's going to be required to play his playing style. Um, I think it's I think it's been interesting to see which players have been getting forty five minutes and, and a little bit more. He's clearly managing uh, specific players' minutes. Um, uh, for me, you know, I, I don't tend to read too much into starting starting elevens. Um, as I said, it's, it's it's purely a fitness exercise, and to get players to take on tactical, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, take on the the, the manager's tactical ideas. Um, standouts for me in the first half. You know, I you know we'll probably go into it in a little bit more detail, but Naby Keita, I think, in in the middle tends to pick up so many um, dangerous offensive positions. 
He's really yeah. elusive in the middle. One minute he's dropping deep to receive the ball. Next minute he's wide left, he's wide right. Um, you know, he's he's going to be such a dangerous player for us, particularly against the teams, I suppose, that, that like to sit off and give him a little bit of space. He can pick it up from deep and really drive at people. So um, he was he was one of the main standouts. And it's great to see Phillips getting a game at the back. I've been I've been really impressed with him in preseason, and I suppose a big occasion at Anfield in front of uh, you know a, a relatively big crowd. You know, you'd forgive the lad for looking a little bit shaky, but I thought he looked composed throughout. So um, lots of green shoots for me. Yeah, and Andy talking about players from midfield getting forward. I, I thought Wijnaldum in that first half was looking particularly sharp. What were your thoughts on him, and do you think he? has sort of staked his claim for a start at the weekend? Um, yeah, why not? Um, first of all, it was it was good to see all the locals got their tickets tonight. And <laughs> 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 the day trippers didn't rob them. Uh, yeah, when all them yeah, getting forward, it was a... The kind of when all them we probably seen at Newcastle where getting beyond the kind of front three and at Newcastle just getting up getting up top further than anyone else. Uh, we don't really see that. Um when Alden for Liverpool too often, he's more of a, a kind of grinding out in the midfield and just an engine. So um, he's very threatening once he gets into this position. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good thing to see because the midfield is going to be extremely competitive this year, particularly if everyone stays fit. So there's going to need to be an extra little dimension from when Alden's game, I suppose, for him to to stay in contention for you know a player who was who was you know, in the midfield most of last season, so. Yeah. Uh, Gav, just in terms of the first goal, obviously, uh, Firmino scores that one, you know, he, he seems to have got enough minutes under his belt to start the game on, on Sunday. Uh, would you agree with that, that, that he will start ahead of, say, someone like Sturridge? Yeah, I think he will. Um, I thought he looked very good against Napoli in Dublin on, on Saturday. Um, tonight, I think he played a little bit within himself, but I think... I think Salah did as well. I think out of yeah. three, I think Manny was a standout in the first half. He seemed to be putting the most in. But yeah, I think them front three start. Especially if he's going to play in Dublin and he's going to play there tonight at Anfield. I, I don't see how he doesn't, you know, play him on Sunday. You know, not, not giving him two forty-fives and then and then not playing will be a little bit strange. I'd I'd, yeah. I'd expect him to probably get a sixty minutes, uh, sixty minutes. I, I think you know sixty seventy minutes. Get the hopefully get the job done. I mean the way that he facilitates the other two lads, you know, when when he plays, occupies centre backs, creates space for the two wide men. I think that was one of the things that you know really stood out for me watching it in in person in Dublin was the the runs that Mane and Salah make. They make the, these perfectly timed diagonal runs. Firmino drops deep, wins the ball, and then they know it's nearly like a trigger. They make the diagonal runs, and they're all looking for each other. So even if you get a good sixty minutes out of Firmino, uh, you know, against West Ham, um, you'd be confident with the form that the other two are in that we'd be able to hopefully get one or two goals and and hopefully put the the tie to bed. Yeah, I mean the um, the. the goal for, for Wijnaldum then is obviously a, a through ball from Firmino it actually starts all the way from the back from from Allison. Um what were your thoughts in terms of Allison tonight he didn't have an awful lot to do Jamie but what he did do even including a save when the play was offside early doors he just seems to command a presence that we've not had for a while 
Yeah, I think he brings that type of assurance that Van Dyke brings in that even if he makes an error, you know that it's brushed off and he has complete confidence that he's not going to make the same error again. As you said, he didn't have a great deal to do, but what he did, he did well. Again, for me, it, you know, the thing that really strikes me is it's like having a, a, an extra footballer on the pitch with his with his distribution. So many times now we're going to have compact uh, you know, teams looking to be compact and leave no spaces. And you've seen it with uh, with the Phillips pass, I think it was, into Firmino. If we have players that can bypass maybe one or two lines of a defensive shield from the other team, you're automatically on the front foot. And I think Allison's distribution, he can clip it over deep midfields. He can clip it over fullbacks' heads and get us onto the turn and, and really start attacks quickly. Kind of like, if you remember back to Pepe Reina, I think he always used to look to get Dirk Kite free on the right with, with the clip balls. I think having Alisson there to do something similar would be huge for us. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, the, I guess the main negative, there was two negatives in the first half. We'll come on to the missed penalty. In a um, the Belotti goal, uh, Moreno's got to do much better there, hasn't he, Gav? Um, <clears throat> when it's, uh, it, it comes from us misplacing the pass and throughout the first half, you're seeing that kind of long not diagonal, but that kind of long ball in behind us. We looked a bit open, in my opinion. Um, the young lad Phillips does well to slow him up. <clears throat> and, but in fairness, the, the Torino right back has a great touch on the right hand side to get the ball under control. Moreno, yeah, he gets, he kind of is not going for it to close him down. Then he is going to close him down. Then he doesn't get close enough. Um, but I think Phillips as well. Phillips takes a look behind him and sees the lad there. And then t- turns away from him, doesn't react. I think if he takes a step, probably one or two steps towards his own goal, he may deal with it. But yeah, Moreno has this thing of putting his hands behind his back and neither going for it or standing off. You know, it's, it's it's just one of those things with him. What can you do? The most disappointing thing about that for me was um, normally a goal like that comes when you get a uh, centre forward free for a header like that. Like it's it's happened so fast, but they had plenty of time to get set. And um, yeah. Moreno had plenty of time to get way closer than he got. And uh, no matter how quick or how slow a, um, a wide man is, he's still going to get the ball out of his feet if you stand four or five, you know, six yards off him, with your hands behind your back. Um, so pretty bad defending by Moreno there. He has to get tighter. He has to commit himself more. And it's not like Moreno not to commit himself into a tackle. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I suppose the main upside of that is that he's, he's by nowhere near our first choice left back. Thankfully, we've got a much better player who's going to be starting 90% of our games next season, hopefully. So the other, the other, I suppose, negative in that first half was the, was the missed penalty. Let, let's start with the penalty. It's a bit of a strange one, really. I, I don't think you're ever going to get a penalty like that in a game. It just, like, it was, you know, and I think Mane was, you know, smiling when the, when the penalty was given. He, he was kind of a bit in, incredulous. Um, was your thoughts on it, Andy? Yeah, it's uh, for for a ref to give a penalty like that in a in a real game, like be fairly ballsy. I think uh, it's very rare you see a penalty given if a player stays on his feet and gets himself into you know a shooting chance. So yeah, you're you're right. You're never going to get that in a Premier League game. And uh, I suppose for me, when you're not used to seeing penalties given like that, I, I wouldn't really tell it was a penalty. Although he did catch him. Um, yeah. uh, fair play to Manny the, the way he's out there find his feet again and uh, the balance to get the shot away it was class so I guess the thing that the thing that leaves me scratching my head though is Manny's 
seems to have been on pens of various stages through pre-season. We've now got Fabinho taking a penalty. I know he had a pretty impressive record leading into that. I think he, he'd scored 16 in a row. So, Jamie, what's going on with, with, with a penalty? <laughs> yeah, we don't seem to be able to settle on who's taking them at the moment. It's not a bad thing, though, to have lots of lads that fancy themselves. It's a bad thing to have loads of lads that keep missing, though. So, yeah. um, now, to be fair, he's he's a new lad trying to settle. It didn't surprise me, you know, with his track record, that it would have been a perfect start to his Liverpool career. I think with Fabinho, you've seen him flashes, uh, you know, the strength and the, and the dominance that he's going to be able to bring in that type of area. He just looks a little bit short of, of match fitness and a little bit of, uh, you know, a uh, little bit of pace in there. Just a little bit leggy. You know, it's probably been a tough training camp for him. He's had back-to-back games. Um, just the speed at which he's doing things, he just looks a little bit laboured. And I think we've been, we got caught out a little bit, probably not to, to be too negative in, in Dublin a few times. The... They kind of they drove through the centre of our team a little bit too easy, and and I think it happened once or twice tonight. And we we nearly seem a little bit exposed to diagonal balls at the moment. It, again, it happened in Dublin. You know, if teams that we play against are able to beat our press, uh, you know, they they can quickly break and hit a diagonal ball. So. It's, I don't think it's anything to to worry about. I think once the the new lads in the middle settle into Klopp's way of playing, we'll we'll shore it up, um, you know. But just something I suppose to be mindful of going forward. Just try and stop those uh, those quick breaks. It was yeah. uh, it was it was um, it was a nice uh, strike left left of that post, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? a, it's a crisp, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you hit it well. Like if you if you meant that, that, that was good. <laughs> he was trying to give he was trying to give the ball to one of the kids, you know, in the front row, just so he didn't have to do it at yeah. the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, they probably knew it wasn't a penalty, and he done the right thing by just uh, you know smashing it. They didn't pass the post. Yeah, he couldn't have got it any tighter to the post on the left hand side. So fair play to. That said, yeah. though, lads, we couldn't buy a penalty last season, so the no, fact that no. I'm, 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 wondering is it, I'm wondering is it a new thing that referees are being told? If there's a foul and the player doesn't go down, but it's still a foul, you have to give it. Is it is there some sort of like direction the referees are being given? You know the way they need to, at the start of the season, there's always two or three point of mandates yeah. that are added on to yeah. what referees have to do. And I'm wondering if it's one of these where you know, you've seen it last season, not only with Liverpool, but with loads of different teams where if he'd have went down he gets that penalty. You know the kind of way. Yeah, if you're gonna encourage if you're gonna encourage players to stay up, there has to be a bit of an incentive, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Not so to the game. If they're if they're told now, listen, if he goes in and he is fouled, but he tries to stay up and he doesn't score, so he doesn't get that advantage, it's a penalty. I'm wondering if it's something a directive that the referees are being given for this season. You might see it coming out. You know, club in the next couple of days because that might be a talking point now, and you know, across social media about that penalty and how it was given. You might see something come over in the next couple of days about directive referees being given because you, you hear it time and time again. If he goes down, he gets the penalty. Whereas tonight, I nearly remember there was one years ago, Gav. I think it was Stephen Gerrard playing against Sheffield United. I think right. at the start of the season where he's yeah. tried to step over the the defender. There was no contact whatsoever. He tried to stay on his feet, couldn't, went down, got a pen. It was kind of similar to that. I mean, I, for me, I, if, if there's no contact, it's very difficult to give a pen. It was, it was a soft one, but long may that continue on to the season. Yeah, I think, look, if, if, if that's the standard now we're holding ourselves to, to give pens, there's going to be an awful lot of pens, you know, early Penalty season. Penalty pool are back. Well, yeah, let's hope, well, let's hope so. But then on the flip side, knowing our luck, it'll be 
round. But anyway, yeah, look. Lovren will be all over this, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> so, look, we move on to the second half. And the second half, like, for me, it was almost like going from, in some respects, like going from a Premier League game to going to a League Cup game. You know, it, you know, there was seven substitutions, obviously, then later on. I mean, I think in total, there was 12 substitutions. I think Curtis Jones, who come on as a sub, ends up getting the end a minute or two after a pretty horrific looking uh, challenge which which he just about got away with but look there was you know it was minutes under belts for for players obviously Henderson comes on with 20 minutes to go and look he he puts a lovely ball in there for Shakiri who in turn puts it on a plate really for 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 Sturridge to get to get the third goal and Sturridge had missed a, a couple of chances prior to that so Andy I mean Apart from maybe nearly falling asleep at times in that second half, was that a pretty a, a pretty bright spot on what was otherwise pretty mundane? Yeah, yeah, I was drifting away myself um, in that second half, and you see so many subs being made, and I think uh, it, you know without being overly negative, it just sort of highlights um, the fact that we have got a really really strong eleven, twelve, thirteen, maybe, and then after that, when you if we picked up. If good few injuries, yeah, are down to a few of these players that they don't really light it up as much as the others. So that's not very inspiring. But then again, you you gotta hope that your your team stays fit and we have the card and for the whole season, the more important yeah. players. So that's what that's what we kind of got to see for that. And it wasn't it wasn't until really uh, the bit of magic from Shikuri which made the second half, which was worth staying watching. Uh, that you know that. We got a bit excited again, so it was cool to see stories getting on the on the end of a goal again. Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, it it, it kind of it highlights a bit how much the the first eleven twelve have really sort of put a distance between ourselves and and the rest of the squad. Is that kind of the way you see it going, Jamie? We've almost got a, a, a sort of this top level elite 12, 13 players, and then. There is still that significant drop-off behind that. Not really, mate. No, I actually hold a different view. To be honest, okay. um, I think I think um, I think in Dublin the team that came on in the second half were by far better than the first half, um, particularly creatively. Um, and I think we saw, you know, I think we saw the same again t- t- tonight from two players in particular. You mentioned it, Shakiri and uh, Shakiri and Storage. I think that highlights something that we didn't have last season, which is people that can change games from the bench. Whether that's bits of individual brilliance, we were crying out for that last season. You know, we we got to the biggest stage of all, and we had to turn to the likes of Solanke, which you know it was a, it was a uh, you know the stage was a bit too big for him. Whereas if we're looking to the bench now and saying, okay, we're going to bring on Shakiri for the last 20, 25 minutes, we're going to bring on Sturridge, we're going to look at a system change where we go two up top. Uh, you know, we've we've got so many options now. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's genuine quality. And I think you can see with Shakiri, and it's the same with Sturridge, these sort of elite creative footballers operate on a different level. If you actually look at the way that Sturridge held his run, held his run, waiting for Shakiri, he kind of indicated where he wants to be played. And it's, it's nearly telepathic. He used to see it with Coutinho and Sturridge. They know where the striker wants the ball to be played. The striker knows where he's going to put it and, it. and it just happens like magic. It was a fantastic ball in. And a fantastic, you know, a, a fantastic uh, finish. And to be able to bring that type of firepower off the bench is something that I think we've lacked for a while now. 
Yeah, but Jamie, yeah. my my point is like granted when I did say kind of twelve, thirteen players, yeah, you are only talking about the likes of security and and storage. But you kind of look at our second string. You know, if we had a long term injury to Robertson, if we had a long term injury to a centre back, if we had a long term injury to one of our front three, you know, we could you know we we could potentially struggle. We could be looking at um, having a player like. Depending on storage, who obviously picks up a lot of injuries. Depending on Lalana, he was going to pick up injuries. He hasn't played football much in a couple of years. It's just, I just hope that we're not going to be left a little bit too short in terms of um, not just the rotation because you can swap one or two players around, but in terms of having a long-term injury to an important player, I just, I just feel that that could that could hurt us. I think that's I think fair, mate. I think the two areas that you, you've highlighted there, that, you know, if we were to say ideal window, you know, it's been a fucking brilliant one so far. But I think there is areas, you know, centre-back, you know, I think we need one extra body and, and centre midfield. Um, but I still think, you know, if you look across the team, uh, you said it before, and, you know, Ginny Wijnaldum tonight, uh, from an attacking perspective, was absolutely superb, I thought. And if you look at his days at Feyenoord, it was actually a position that he, he thrived in. I think he scored a shed load of goals over there. So potentially, you know, if we don't get in that Fakir-esque type attacker, you could be asking the likes of a Ginny Wijnaldum to play a more advanced role. Because, you know... Opinions aside, let's say you're looking at a, a, a Henderson, uh, Keita, Fabino three, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, that could change based on, on people's opinions. You've still got, you know, two or three quality lads that can come in there and make an impact on the team, which which we, we didn't quite have last year. I just think given the Chamberlain injury, it's probably left us a little bit short. So we probably look to bring in one more there. Yeah, I thought when we when we saw him and Alden, we were signing an attacking player. I genuinely believed that that's what we were getting was an attacking player that could play in a, a kind of advanced role. I was quite surprised when I seen how industrious he can be in the midfield, you know. But um, it's definitely an element of this game, as I was saying earlier on, that he might need to improve on or, or need to come up and show the season to to kind of remain uh, in clubs, not, not planned. Obviously, he's in clubs uh, long term plans, but. Um, to be in consideration of starting games. Yeah, yeah. The last, the last thing, just I guess I wanted to expand on was was Henderson. Obviously, he got twenty minutes tonight. There's four before the international break, so you know I'd imagine Klopp has a bit of a plan to manage him back in. You know, at, at, at a pace that suits what he's had to go through at the World Cup. But post that, is Henderson in the in the first eleven for you? Um, for me, all teams being equal, if he was fit and ready to go now, like the rest of them, would he be in my 11 um, on Sunday without a doubt? Um, I'm a bit torn on Fabino, I'm going to be honest. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it's the player, because it looks like to me like they're trying to play him into it, you know, optimum fitness, because he's, he seems to be the one midfielder that's getting most time on the pitch. Um, yeah, he got a lot of minutes tonight, didn't he? Tonight. Um, I don't know whether it's the player, because to me, he looks at X and on the ball. Um, he, he gets he out of tight areas quite well. You know, he's good. He's good on it. He's a good range of passing. He, he gets us going. He gets the ball out to the fullbacks. Off it, off the ball. He looks at. He looks half a yard off for me. But I don't know whether that's a system thing because to me, air three midfield. I'm saying to Jamie before we come on, air three midfield usually would look quite compact as a tree, quite narrow, and they try funnel the opposition out wide. I'm quite comfortable with that tonight. You're looking at Fabino, and he's in the middle of the park. And Keita, for me, and and Wijnaldum look miles away from. We look like a, 
an alien, you know, a flat big, tree. There, there really, is big, big gaps, mate. Yeah, it's right. a really wide mm. tree. Mm. Uh, so, so Torino were able to kind of get that ball in gaps and, and look to get at us and, you know, especially the young lad, Phillips, who done all right. But for me, it was only really for me, or uh, for being a, a hell of a Am I getting feedback there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We all are. Someone else. Someone else. Oh. That working? Has anyone got volume up on anything? No, okay. Keep going. No, okay. Go on, Andy. Yeah. No, it was only really for being who did kind of hold a position uh, throughout the game. I, I find like uh, Kate does a lot of move and he pre crops up everywhere. So if you're going to have a midfielder who's cropping up everywhere, you're going to have gaps when he lose the ball. So I think it's just, it's a more of a systematic thing rather than be kind of nailing Fabino for it. Yeah. I think Fabino's been pretty good um, throughout pre-season, getting a bit, little bit of stick for some reason. No, but, that's, uh, why, that's I, why I give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah. Andy. It could be a system yeah. thing. You know, and yeah. he's made to look a bit more exposed. Like, like as you say, Kate is popping up everywhere. It could be an idea to go in into a midfield with, say, yeah. Fabino and a Henderson, who, who knows yeah. that responsibility a bit more, and allows Kate to pop up where he likes. It just gives yeah. him a bit more protection. Look, I just think that Fabino is exactly the type of player we've been crying out for in midfield. Uh, Emre never really got to specialise um, in a position. We are always doubting and wondering what he could do. But... Uh, Fabino absolutely is the type of player we need that sort of sits, you know, in front of the back four and can do it all. Like you know, and, it was interesting and, for me and to see how deep he likes to go and split the centre backs. Like I, I'd agree with Andy. And, and just to touch on your point, Gav, I think it's, I think it's a mix. I think system wise, I mean, you've seen it with Alex Oxley Chamberlain, how long it took him to adapt to a Klopp way of playing. It's, it's, it's very, very different playing for this Liverpool team. So, you know, I, I'd be looking to give him at least five or six league games before we can start making a, a real judgment. But it's, it's the little things that he does. You know, when he's when he's getting uh, hounded or pressed, he's so cool under pressure. It's the little nicks around the corner. He's he's got a lot of game smarts, but it's just getting used to the system. And he just looks a bit leggy. He just doesn't look fit enough for for this Klopp team. And and I think Andy touched on it there. Kiesa's all over the shop, as in his his movements. He's drifting left. He's drifting right. Uh, Ginny was obviously under instruction to try and break lines and get forward. He did it fantastically well. But what that means is that Keita is basically isolated on his own. Uh, uh, Fabino is, is isolated yeah. on his own. And if you're not up to the fitness level of a Henderson who made it look easy at times because he is a Duracell bunny, he's just going to look a little bit leggy. But I'd be confident, you know, giving him a run of three, four, five games together, they'll soon shore that up. It's just a ribbon thing at the moment, I think, for him. I think it's going to be important, isn't it, for, not, for people not to get too too hypercritical if there are situations where we can see goals and he's sort of involved in it in a fairly direct way because he's gonna have to come he's gonna have to come to grips with the pace of of the Premier League, isn't he, at the end of the day? And 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 I think it's it's important that that as a fan base we don't we don't go overboard on, on the likes of social media because we do like Liverpool fans, fans go overboard yeah. on social media. <laughs> <laughs> So are you going to say something there, Andy, on, on, on that? Yeah, I just think throughout pre-season we haven't had uh, a Premier League test. Like, obviously we played United and we played City, but we haven't had, you know, your, your 90% of the season type of game where teams just, like, lock in. I think when, when we have that 
Fabinho's going to look a hell of a lot of a better player because teams will break forward. They won't break forward in numbers and he should be able to mop up. I think we'll see in 90% of the games, I think we'll see where Fabinho's really a class act. And and then when we go toe-to-toe with teams, we always tend to be a bit more uh, organised anyway, you know, shape-wise. I thought um, against Napoli earlier on, early on, Napoli were playing a lot of football, like, you know, um, Liverpool were really, really impressive shape boys, you know, way more organised than we've been used to, like, I kind of thought they'd shown a little bit of extra maturity and maybe gone up as a level in terms of shape and organisation, the communication out there was excellent, so um, we're kind of, yeah, It'll, it'll take it'll take about ten games to really see where this Liverpool team can go. Yeah, and I guess just to wrap up, lads, the 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 preseason. It's obviously been a fairly successful preseason, certainly on 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 the injury front. Yeah, there's been a few niggles, but nothing significant. Just in terms of how the the the, the club of I guess from a PR perspective. Um, they were in town on, on Saturday in Dublin, and I know you, Jamie, went along with your. Just a just a guess a bit a bit about that from you about the experience and and how Liverpool have sort of embraced this pre even tonight embracing you know giving away the scarves and the balls and whatnot. I mean, how how have you found it from that on that level? I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I had a bit of a mixed a bit of a mixed bag. I was uh, I was texting Andy about it the other day. It was so. So my son texts me, uh, didn't text me, he asked me at six o'clock in the morning, he's like, Dad, where would the, the Liverpool players be now? I was okay. like, oh, they'll, they'll be coming over to Dublin in a bit. And he's like, can we go and find them? So I was like, right, okay. So I found out the hotel they were staying and we went down there, autograph hunting. And we stood at the front of, outside the hotel for a good three and a half hours. And unfortunately, wow. it looked when the players came out that they were under instruction to, to not sign autographs. Now... Okay. I'll be honest, I, I was pretty pissed off at that. But my son got away from Jurgen Klopp, so he went away absolutely delighted. Uh, that was that was a little bit tough to take. But then I have to say, you know, in the polar opposite to that, in the stadium after the game, Mo Salah was in was in the uh, the the stand for thirty minutes after the game, signing every single piece of paper, every shirt, getting every selfie. Right round the ground, the, the players are really embracing the locals. Um, that was fantastic to see. Um, it was just unfortunate that we, I didn't manage to get the, the Mo Salah selfie that we were we, we went on the hunt for. But that would have done some numbers on social media if I'd have posted it. <laughs> I think you got them at the wrong time, Jamie. Apparently when they arrived at the hotel, they were they were excellent. They were signing football jerseys. Obviously the numbers were a bit lower then as well. They did get around without too much of a fuss. Yeah. But when the players leave, um, the the hotel, I know it was only a friendly, but Klopp was going to have them in the routine now, like, you know, in the zone. Yeah. as soon as they walk out of the hotel and onto the bus, they're in the game, well, they should be, mm-hmm. and they should be thinking about the game, thinking about nothing else, focusing everything, relaxing, uh, so I'm really ignoring Jamie and his, and his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I can't, I can't, Using my kids to get autographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay I can't think of any I can't think of any other reason why the players would have their heads down. It's just pure, if you look up, you're going to be distracted. You can't, you know, a little bit of embarrassment then as well. Klopp looked up, the crowd gave a smile and a couple of waves, which tells me that only the manager was kind of 
in a position to to do that. Um, and I know it, it's been excellent. The whole uh, footballs into the crowd thing and the scarves and all that. But the uh, the you know, bit, bit cheap skates there with the footballs. I was having a look at the footballs they were kicking in there tonight. <laughs> they were the shitty you no know, make ones from the the club shop, like you were just a crest. You have to be smashing in the good balls, like you know what I mean. But you <laughs> you know, know, that, it's in your money, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, if you came away from the ground with a match ball, you'd be fucking in your elements. But then it was one of those shitty, uh, the fall apart letters, you know, they you, you wouldn't be too happy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just my thoughts, yeah. And you know, like instead of poxy scars, like they could have gave away the jerseys. Yeah. God, you lot, you, 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 want, you want a lot there, don't you, Andy? We're just there throwing season tickets into the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's, let's, let's do the house in. But that'd send Twitter over the edge, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> half and half. Yeah, half and half, yeah. Half and half, half uh, Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's move it on. Let's move it on. We've got one. Um, it's Tuesday this time in in two days. The deadline will have, will will have yeah five p.m. on Thursday. Yeah, five p.m. Thursday. Now, Gav, you know you've been known to host the odds uh, where three podcasts throughout the summer. You've got yeah. the the direct line into Grizz, the bat phone, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> what, what, what's your uh, what's your opinion on whether we sign anyone else before Thursday? Um. Honestly, I don't think we sign anyone. Um, okay. What would I like? I'd like one, if not two. I'd like Fekir. I'd like them still. I'd still like to think they could get it done if they wanted it, and I'd like a centre half. Um, I don't see them. I don't that's being honest with you. Um, what centre half would you go for, Gav? Well, the rumour around has been that lad Tarkowski off Burnley. Um, I don't know if he suits us. You see, I just have a major hang up on um, on Lovren. No, Lovren, I'm fine. Okay. You see, the team of Lovren is people just keep remembering the bad games he's had. But if you actually take a sample size of, you know, his progression, say with Van Dyke, you know, it's an improvement on the team. And look at his progression when I think he's been excellent. I think he was our best player in the Champions League final. Um, yep. Him and Mane together. Matip, I have a major, major issue with, and Gomez, I'm still not sure about a centre half. So I think a, I think a centre half if we could get him, and I think Fekir, I think Fekir could genuinely be the difference between us challenging for the title and going winning it. I genuinely believe that. I agree with you, uh, Gav, and I, I'd hate to see an opportunity like this missed. I think uh, the situation at Chelsea, United, Arsenal, all very transitional stuff, all and uh, toxic at Man United. I think there's only two teams that have kind of 90 point seasons in, in them and uh, it's uh, Liverpool are obviously you know hopeful and wishful of it City are almost guaranteed another 90 point season 100 points last year but if they can just fall away a small bit and we can improve a little bit we could tip them and I'd hate to think we're only one player away from doing it I think Fek Eric would happen um, because it's all in place like he's you know, he's had a medical, they've had fees agreed, they've had interviews, they've had pictures taken. It's one of those things that just could take a phone call or could take a, a little meeting and then it's happening. Whereas, like, I just I think it's a bit late in the day to, to do anything else unless it's a kind of a, you know, a little bit of a squad uh, signing. 
but I, I don't I just don't see a centre half sign at this stage. You know, it's it's a bit it's a bit late in the day. But feck here, why not? I mean, it'd be fucking great. Jamie? Out of the two positions that the lads say, I think centre-back is more of a priority personally. And I, I, I just think, you know, you're, you're one injury away, as Gav said there. I think Joe Gomez could be a great centre-back. I don't think he is at the moment. He He's a little bit rash uh, for, for me at centre-back, so I don't think over a long period of time you can rely on him. Matip is made of crisps, so you can't rely on him either. Um, so, I, you know, I'd like to bring somebody in. It's a, you know, I hate the term Premier League proven, but somebody who has been through the rigours of a Premier League season, who, you know, can stand up to the physical challenge, who not, isn't necessarily going to be pissed off at not being first choice, because I think we've just got to get used to the fact that Klopp likes Lovren. And I think there's, you know, a, a strong partnership there in the makings with, with him and VVD. Um, so somebody that's going to come in and challenge Lovren to play along Sam Van Dyke, but not necessarily going to rip up trees if he's not in the, the first 11 right away. For me, in terms of an attacking midfielder, I do think we need one. Uh, for Kia, you know, if we, if we get him, great. If not, I, I, I'd, I'd be more inclined to say somebody with blistering pace would be, uh, you know, if, if Mane or Salah drops out, you know, where's where's that sort of pacey outlet going to come from? We've got creative players like a storage, like a Shakiri who can pick up pockets and create or, you know, ping one in from 30 yards. I just think we'd miss that out-and-out pace. I'd love uh, Dembele from, from Barcelona, that type of player who's got one thought in his mind. It's, let's open my legs and break at pace. Um, that would be an ideal window for me. You know, I haven't seen enough of Fakir to, to sit here and say that he'll be our saviour, but anybody that can add those type of numbers from midfield would be uh, would be brilliant. Gav is waving his phone. Nice phone, Gav. Oh, no, I was, that, that's not done. I'm just checking something. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so dick pics. Is it dick pics, Gav? You have to some dick yeah. pics there, mate. No, no, fucking Neil sends me them on the hour every hour. It's okay. <laughs> So look, just to just to touch while we're still on on transfers, any like what's your thoughts on our on our rivals business? You know, a lot of our rivals have done little to no business. Um, you know, Chelsea looking at signing a goalkeeper today and paying seventy two million. Is that a kind of a desperate kind of scenario they found themselves in with Courtois? I mean, what what's your thoughts, Gav, on on what the likes of Chelsea? Spurs, United are and aren't doing? Well, you see, I think we can be very biased over this. You know, when we signed Alisson at 66 odd million, you know, you had other fans saying, oh, you know, you're overspending and stuff like that. And we said, no, it's a position we need to strengthen in and that's who Klopp wanted and that's why we've done it. That could be what Chelsea are doing. They can see the problem with Courtois. There's a Sarri that's in charge. He could have looked at this this lad. Is he off Bill Bell? Is he? he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't remember whether it was Bill Bell or another side, but he could be looking at that and saying, that's what I want, and that's what they're being asked for. And Chelsea are backing them. It could be the exact same situation as we have. There's a lot of points scoring over transfers, especially on social media between different fans. You know, One team signs one and it's, it's panic, and someone says, no, it's what they need. With regards to the other team, you know, Spurs have done nothing, but they've kept their squad together, and it's a good squad. But I, I always think they hover between, say, 76 and say 82 points um, I don't think that's enough to win your league uh, United is just the strangest fucking thing of all time um, Mourinho just continuously um, cause, looks to cause rifts all over the place 
and it looks Bad to guy. me like he may have wanted one or two and he haven't gone and got them and he's not one bit impressed Arsenal have made a few signings did he do anything for me? no I think Aubameyang is the biggest signing and that was in January I still think that's yeah. the best signing um, who else City's got Mares, but City are outstanding you know if City played 90% of what they done last year 85% of what they done last year they probably win the league so um, nothing kind of worries me um, I'd still expect things to go a little bit mental tomorrow and, and, and early towards it if I'm being honest because they, they all have plenty of money to spend and they, they haven't seen to have done it yet and it's, it's going to get very messy because once the ninth goes you know then there's, then there's you can only sell, can't you? You know, yeah, and that's where yeah. that's where the likes of this Pogba rumor comes up to Barcelona are fucking more or less tapping them up. It could just Pogba could just turn around and say I'm not playing. And you can say what you want about contracts, he can just turn around and say I'm not playing. Uh, uh, fuck it. And what are you gonna do? Player just gets to leave. So they're in a very precarious position and leaving to this league, it will look like panic because the money's just gonna go up and up and up with the other. Yeah. And no look, no one's experienced this this scenario, have they, where they have to Get all the business concluded before, you know, a ball is kicked in, in the Premier League. So I think you're right, Gav. I think, you know, Sky Sports are going to have the big day. It's uh, it's going to happen. Jim White is going to be the main man yet again. And um, look... I think I mean, have a toy around his fucking head. Never mind. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> so look, it's going to be... It's it's is good. Bad, isn't it? What? The 5pm. Yeah. yeah, I know. We don't like like we don't even get to come home from work, most of us, and 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 yeah. you know, sort of watch the drama play out. It's, uh, it's proper close of business stuff, isn't it? And if your fax machine goes, at least it's in walking hours. You're not scrambling <laughs> around for a technician. <laughs> no, it's yeah. <laughs> I was listening to um, there was a just someone retweeted on my timeline uh, last night. It was um, a United uh, fan uh, that does a little bit of a kind of a. Podcast on his own, <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not the spacer, but uh, no, I felt like Phil uh, something brat. I don't know anyway, but uh, he was talking about some ITK shit, and apparently there's a, um, a major rift in between Jose and uh, the board, and he's, he's about to explode. So I think uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be comedy or at Man United uh, over the next few weeks, and I just can't believe that this. Uh, period of hilarious uh, you know it was, it's so it's gone on so long now like when you, when you look at uh, from Moyes to Mourinho now like four or five years on it's fucking great like and long may it continue yeah no you're right Andy it's uh, look there, there, there's no there's no time for people to rectify situations and um, look we'll move on to the West Ham game yeah because um, there's a good few of us going over on Sunday I'm actually going over on Saturday. I expect a few late fitness tests on Sunday <laughs> um, to actually make it to Anfield for for one thirty. Or paying Neil Gray's bail money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone will be stumped up the cash for that. We're all down the credit union on Friday afternoon getting the joint loan for that. <laughs> So look, it's been you know it's it's been eagerly anticipated. Um, so I guess from my point of view, I'm just I'm keen straight off the bat to see whether from your point of view whether we're just going to blitzkrieg this game or West Ham are going to actually provide a pretty stern test for us on Sunday. 
anyone, as any, there's a few questions coming through on the chat. Um, Kevo Sullivan asking, has anyone seen West Ham pre-season? Anyone think they're going to give us any problems on Sunday, Andy? Uh, yeah, well, the two uh, the two big spenders coming head to head on the first day of the season. It's going to be interesting, you know, because they've bought so many players. You wonder who's going to play, who's going to start. Like, um, it'd be interesting to see how long it takes them all to gel. So, uh, I, I mean, I fully expect us to to win the game, but concede maybe two goals. But then, who knows? We fucking we've got a great goalkeeper now. But um, no, for for me, they'll. They'll probably score, but I think uh, I think it's it's a good um, game to start off with. West Ham at home. And Gav, I've I've been maintaining for about the last couple of weeks that gonna, we're going to score a minimum five at the weekend. I wouldn't disagree with Andy's prediction of us of us conceding a couple. Did you see a lot of goals, or do you think it'd be tighter than that? Um, no, I think there'd be goals in the game. I think it's very rare you'll see. I'm trying to think back of the Liverpool West Ham games where it's, there's been. You know, one or two goals. It's usually, it's usually a decent amount of goals. Andy's right. They've signed a lot of players. You know, Philippe Anderson from Lazio. They've they've brought in. They've, they've brought in probably six or seven. I think the first day of the season, you never know, do you? Like, no, you never know because one, it's the start of the season, and everyone's not fully in the groove. Like, no matter how much they put into pre-season, they're not fully at it. And the the pace of the Premier League is a completely different thing to what you've seen tonight. Or in Dublin or, or across America or anything like that. Um, and as well as that, West Ham could come out and all these boys could be well up for it. And then West Ham could come out and they could be all over the fucking place and we could absolutely dismantle them. Um, I'd, I'd, go for the, I'd go for the latter. I think I think we'd score. I think we'd score a good few goals because a lot of these lads they've signed just haven't played in the Premier League and it's a complete shock to, to the best of players, to the most experienced players. Um I'd like to see us go out, and like you said, I'd like to see us go for the throat from the absolute off. And I think if you get one up against them, especially a side managed by this guy, because he seems to have one way of playing and he doesn't like the change. We've seen it with City a couple of times when he's manager there. I'd like to see us bombard him from the very start. Um, do you want the prediction or will we leave that for the end? We'll leave that, to, we'll leave that right. for a few more minutes, yeah? No problem, yeah. And Jamie, just on the start and 11 uh, at the weekends, I think the back four... Yeah, there might be a question mark who who, who plays centre back alongside Van Dyke. Um, the the front three will pick themselves, I think. Um, who? What's your prediction in terms of who's who's playing in midfield on, on Sunday? It's a, it's a tough one because I thought I had it completely sussed out, and then with every game, Shakiri just impresses me more and more. Um, you know, and and it, and it's hard to look at a team and not find a place for him. I think. Um, I think when Aldum's done himself no uh, no harm tonight with with the runs from deep, I thought he was excellent. I think very much it depends on on Milner's head injury. Uh, I think Klopp very much sees him as one of his lieutenants out on the pitch. You know whether it's Milner or Henderson, what Klopp always seems to like to have one of them uh, in the engine room. So I think it depends on on fitness for him. I mean, for me, um, who plays? I, I haven't. I, it doesn't really bother me that much at the moment because I just think we seem to be a club that's surrounded with so much positivity. And one thing that's really st- stood out for me over over preseason is just how clinical we are. Uh, you know, we we go through phases in games where we're not necessarily playing playing great, yet we get a half chance and we've scored. 
You know, we've we seen it against Napoli. We didn't start particularly well, but we're 2-0 we're up after 10 minutes. We've seen it tonight. It's, it's an early goal. I just think teams aren't going to be ready for, for, for the type of runs and form that Mane and Salah seem to be in at the moment. Um, so whoever plays in, in midfield, as long as we've got those, the, you know, the, the red arrows up front, I'll be confident of getting one or two goal, goals early doors. And now with the likes of VVD and, and Allison. You'd be confident that you know we're not going to have those lapses in concentration in the back that make these home games a little bit sticky when there's no need for them to be. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm confident either way, mate. Whoever plays, yeah, and and you, you, it's been touched on tonight about some sort of worrying gaps, I guess, at the back. Do you, do you, do you think we can see a couple of goals? Um, yeah, I, to be honest, it, it has worried me a little bit how susceptible it, Joe Gomez seems to switch off, knock off a little bit concentration wise in, in, in Dublin. Uh, be interesting to see whether he starts alongside, uh, you know, Van Dijk. Um, let's let's not forget the lads have got a little bit more time on the training field, and and I think West Ham will 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 be a completely different proposition. I don't think for one second they're going to be coming and looking to attack us because that's what we want. We want teams to come on to us. We want to try and win the ball back high and, and press them. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be a case that they'll be looking to to attack us. Potentially look to uh, to score on the break. You know, I, I I'd be confident enough of us. Uh, you know, doing a keeping a shutout now with uh, with a more settled back four and and a goalkeeper who believes in himself. I think we're a we're a totally different beast. Okay, so look, I've seen a prediction from Mick four one. What's your prediction for the first game, Jamie? two uh, 0 to Liverpool. Two 0 Liverpool, Gav. Um. Oh, Jesus. 5-1. Oh, 5-1, one. One, Gav? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think we score early. I think we, we pull the years apart. Danny Ings to score a couple, Gav, yeah? Yeah, that will get us into the Champions League for next season. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy? 6-1 for Liverpool. Yes, Andy. I think so. I think, uh, I think it's possible. Um, obviously... I said we can see it, probably can see it one or two anyway. So um, we run Roy and we, we score six goals and hopefully keep it to a minimum there in the other end. 6-1. Six, 6-1. One. Six, one. A 3-1 one, from Kev O'Sullivan um, giving us his prediction. Um, I'm going to go with 5-2. I've maintained five for the last couple of weeks and I'm not going to back down from that now. Gav asked, Andy to name the six goal scorers. So go on, fire away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Um gets the last one. Um, Salah gets two. Firmino gets Anthony captain. Ah, uh, yeah, Anthony captain. Absolutely. Um, Firmino gets two, and what's that leave one? That is one, one to go. Kater. Kater with a deb with a home debut, yeah, a big big smasher from about thirty five yards in off the crossbar. You see, Ray, the thing the thing about West Ham is a lot of people are a lot of people are going to listen to the hype around Liverpool at the minute, going back yeah. to last season and the signings we've made, and I think you're going to get you know like last season you had teams on the pot you were beaten before they even played City and they were nearly taking their two 0 and walking away. I think you're going to get a little bit that with Liverpool this season if we get off to a good start. Um, if he has, if he approaches this game with 
trying to be defensive with all these new players in it, and it goes a little bit awry, I think it could fall apart with Eva Weston. But um, I agree, I think they score, but I think, I think it could, if we get this right, this could be a common thing for fives all over the place. I reckon we'll have um, 18 goals by the, by the time the international break comes along. Jeez. In the first four games, yeah, 18 goals. Yeah. Big shouts. Uh, yeah. I'm back I'm gonna, to I'll, I'll name all the scorers on Twitter after this. <laughs> <laughs> you put the scoring charts up. Yeah, I'll probably be assist. One thing I will say, just on, on the game, I, I don't give a bollocks how we play. I have to say, first game is always... Uh, you know, notoriously sticky. I just want us to get a win, get the game under our belts, get a bit more minutes on the pitch. So if we if we scuff one in and it's one nil, I'll I'll take that. The the performance comes secondary to me. It's just important to get off to a good start, and because I think some of our rivals have got tricky games, haven't they? I think United are away at Leicester. That could be a bit of a banana skin. Yeah, so get the points on the board and worry about the performances later. Yeah, there's one. There is one of the game that I actually wanted to just. Get your predictions on, and that's the uh, that's the Arsenal Man City. What, what what's your thoughts on that, Cav? Um, I have it down as a draw. Okay. I do have it down as a draw. I think um, I think City are outstanding. I just think with the with the players that are coming back, they already have someone will have the charity shield under their belt and a, and a week's training. I just think Arsenal will have that. You know, a little bit of a zip with them. You know, with the new manager and stuff. New manager. Yeah. And the crowd actually being up for it. Instead of just going there to fucking watch planes fly over the fucking heads with Wenger out written on it, I think uh, I think they might get a little bit of a bounce from that. And, and the opening day of the season is always sticky, as Jamie said. So you never know. Could balance it out a little bit. I go overdrawn that one. Yeah, and the any chance City lose and and we don't see this incredible unbeaten run to start the season, which let's face it, give them a massive platform last season. No, I think I think um, looking at them there against. Chelsea, which was only their kind of, uh, wasn't their stre- strongest eleven by any means. They uh, took up from where they left off. Real impressive, you know, all over the pitch. Um, I I can't see Arsenal coping with them. I think Arsenal are going to have a, per- a fairly poor season, and like I think City will take them apart. And Jamie, any chance? No, I mean City, City all day. I think uh, I think they're a cut above. Um, and, and I think t- uh, Arsenal are actually the perfect team to to play them because there's no way that Arsenal are going to sit off. They're going to try and come at them, and and I think it could be a comfortable win for City. I'm I'm going to disagree, you know, because I think this whole theme of sticky starts and strange opening days. I, I I've just got a funny feeling that Arsenal beat them three two in a in a, in a crackerjack of a game. So um, look, personally, I, I I can't see City mirroring that start and for us I think that's our almost our best opportunity isn't it to to, to get off to a decent start we got four very winnable games um, and if we can get to that international break with with 10 even 12 points you know why why can't we be the pace setters Gav, Gav just on that do you think we can be the pace setters? Um, momentum is a huge thing in football I, a lot of people say it's not I think it is um, and I don't I think we do momentum better than anyone else um, I think get if you if you get to the if you get to the the, the international break, say 10, 12 points, and you can get over that and not have any injuries coming back. I always said if we can get to the weekend of the third round of the FA Cup and going into the next league game within four to five points at the top of the league, I'd put a hell of a lot of money on us winning the league because I don't. I think if we get going, the, the, 
we're just unbelievable when we get going. We really are. Um, can we be pace setters? I hope so. Win the first 22 and then we, we'll, we'll have a chat about it. <laughs> so, look at it. so look my last question for you Gav is uh, given that we're going to be Liverpool celebrating you know a 5-2 win mm. back four normally goes out what's the plan I don't know um, we're trying to walk around Grizz's pretend halal habits um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if he is halal while he's travelling um, because I, I, I've seen him get on. I've heard of him getting onto open top buses just so we could have a kebab during Ramadan. So uh, that, could go, that could go anyway. Um, I don't know what the plan is. Um, I know me, myself, Nilo, and Paddy are uh, sharing a double bed on Friday night before we leave. So making it to the airport on Saturday morning will be an accomplishment, you know. So uh, yeah, Paddy wants us to walk from Temple Bar with a bottle of vodka each at about 11 o'clock Friday night. So listen, if. It's only fucking Tuesday. Anything can happen between now and Friday night slash Saturday morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, it's like Christmas, isn't it? It's like Christmas coming now for 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 most of us Liverpool fans. Start of the season, all the all the optimism is there. I think this season is probably as as optimistic as we've been for a long, long time. So uh, if we if if we do disappoint, I guess the the, uh, the fall will be pretty pretty uh, massive and uh, a bit gutting in this season. But look, I guess we're we're on the. Cup of a roller coaster of a of a of a season ahead. Um, if everything goes to plan this time next week, there'll have been um, a, a, a podcast from a, a new venue. Andy's got his doubts about that, but I guess we'll <laughs> see what happens over the next week or so. So um, look, stay tuned. Whatever happens, or not, uh, new new destination for the Tuesday Club. Uh, or not look there'll be there'll be stuff out to keep you entertained over the coming weeks um as the reds get off so look um it's been ray it's been gav it's been andy it's been jamie we'll speak to you next week cheers lads so let's say you're into yoga or pilates or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me either way you know being flexible is key to doing what you love that's why smoothie keen created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Sports Social Podcast Network.